What's up, Gang Count Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in, and you're about to hear the show presented by Express Suns Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, J.C. Sherbert here along with Phil Mullinax. How are you guys doing today? Out there in Gamecock land, we're glad to be with you. Three straight days for the first time for yours truly since, uh, well, shoot, signing day was on a Wednesday, so it was the week before signing day. For yeah, me. man. Good to have you back. Yeah, that's, that's the trifecta. Trifecta. <laughs> uh, you know, so a lot to talk about and... Um, I hate it when this happens, when, when something happens somewhere else uh, at another school and it's it's a rival school and it's extremely positive and there's a familiar name and that takes over the conversation and narrative. <laughs> so we'll just we'll just hit this head on. Okay. Um Garrett Riley is now the offensive coordinator at Clemson University. You know, Dabo made a quick move. Fired Brandon Streeter, um, from what I was told by my Clemson folks, and, and they weren't even they kept it very very quiet and discreet. Uh, this was probably in the works from about after the ACC championship game on, um, hmm. which makes me think he started considering it after the Carolina game, after they were out of the playoff, uh, and certainly they did not. Um, did not have a very good bowl game. Um, and, and, you know, so maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe it isn't. Maybe the Orange Bowl was kind of what did it. Uh, if you think about it, you know, cause everybody's talking like Ebos has done for well, on the Gamecock end of it. They want they use it to criticize Shane. Shane drug his feet. Blah blah blah. Well, with assistant coaches, these things happen quickly. You you're not going to go pluck a guy that's in the playoff. Obviously, if you, if you think about the timeline. What the Orange Bowl was the thirtieth, the semis were the thirty-first. You wait one more week, and then that next week you go get the guy. Um, and, and I think for recruiting purposes, uh, you know, you, you probably you don't want to upset the apple cart. Um, it was interesting because you know Streeter was not fired until the day Garrett Riley shows up. Um, you know that also makes me think maybe they were waiting on a decision. Um, which is all interesting. And, and I'll say this too. I, I will say this too. It's, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I think this is not a normal Dabo hire. If you look at the last 10 years, I mean, uh, and I know most of us want to kind of sleep through all that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Chad Morris gets the, 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 uh, SMU job. All of a sudden people are like, well, Clemson's doomed because Tony Elliott's, Never called plays. Well, he, he did, and you saw what just that. Well, mm-hmm. Elliott finally gets a head coaching job, and uh, you know Brandon Streeter gets promoted, and uh, and then Dabo talks about how Brandon Streeter could be this, that, and the other. You know, a, a great you know, he could have been in the SEC calling plays and all that. And you know, I, I didn't think Clemson's play calling was terrible. I thought it was 
fine. Um, you want to talk about quarterbacks coaching? You know, should he gotten more out of DJ? I don't think so. Uh, but, like, you know, I kind of thought that there was a lot of, uh, you know, unwarranted over-the-top optimism because of DJ's recruiting ranking, his arm strength, and the fact he played good during the pandemic year when he got a chance to replace Trevor. But uh, everybody at quarterback played good during the pandemic year. Colin Hill, folks, as much as you guys, you know, actually, he had some good moments. <laughs> um, offense, you know, nobody played defense during that year. Um, and Clemson had a lot of weapons on the perimeter. I, I, I think if I think the lack of perimeter weapons and the inaccuracy from DJ is what grounded their offense. Now, you want to talk about how Will Shipley should have gotten more touches and things like that. Yes, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Um so that's number one. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that this is something where, you know, you, you look at Clemson and go, well, that's just old Dabo. He just goes and hires the biggest name possible. <laughs> look at the resume of the guys on his staff. Yeah, it's definitely I mean, out of character for Dabo to do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a panic the, move. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some people can say that, but uh, I also would like to say this. I, I think that. Uh, it could be a panic move, but it, you know, you, I do think you have to credit him for going and landing the guy, you know, that, that's, you, the, you know, mm-hmm. Broyles award winner and, and had a great year on offense and is a big name. So, uh, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and bash Dabo or Clemson for it, but, uh, I'm surprised, uh, at the Carolina fans reaction to it. I understand it's the rival. Uh, I understand that it's uh Clemson. I understand all that, but hey, you beat them this year, right? Um, and nothing's going, nothing. Garrett Riley being there doesn't take that game away and wipe it off the book. Uh, it doesn't change the fact Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells are coming back, uh, which is great news. It doesn't change the fact Carolina's got a top 15 recruiting class, like many griped about last year because <laughs> they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to count Juice and the and Rattler and the portal guys. Uh, and, and so, you know, hey, well, look, I, I thought this program needed more blue chip players from the high school ranks in recruiting, and they got it. More to come. Uh, it's not going to change away, change if it happens. It's not a fact yet because it hasn't happened. Getting a top five um, 2024 class lined up by March. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to change. And this is this is one of the crazy things I saw. Oh, Garrett Riley is coming. And so does that mean that the in-state offensive linemen are going to go to Clemson now? No, <laughs> it doesn't mean a damn thing with that. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, these kids, you know, Garrett Riley's a big name for Carolina fans because he was said to be in the mix when Beamer got hired. Uh, and I do want to correct the record on that, too. I do think uh, Beamer talked to Garrett. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, he came from Lincoln Riley's staff, so uh, that's it. But this notion that, Beaver was hamstrung and hired him because he was forced to hire Bobo because the administration is just the, it's way, it's whacked out. Hmm. And I'll tell you a fact, Dane Beaver and Bobo met each other for years. Uh, the, uh, that's what kind of made it unfortunate that Bobo left. But um, they've known each other for years. And, and in September, before Will Muschamp was even fired, I know for a fact Beamer was seriously saying if he got the job, before he ever got the job, before he rallied the troops and and, and went after it, 
I know for a fact that hey, it'd be pretty good if you know Mike Bobo would be a heck of an offensive coordinator. Um, that's before any discussions with Ray Tanner or anything like that. So you've got the Ray Tanner posse out there with pitchforks. Um, and, you know, we can say what we want about Ray Tanner, but there's some things he gets blamed for that, that aren't on him, that any athletic director in the country uh, worth his salt would have I mean, you know, bad athletic director would have said, hey, you got to keep half my champ staff and we'll give you the job. That's a bad athletic director because that's a guy not focused on winning. He's focused on uh, bean counting and things like that. Um, so there, there's all that. And, uh, you know, as far as this time around, uh, I continue to believe that Beamer – Maybe talk to one other person a little serious. I don't think it was Garrett Riley. Uh, but, I, I, you know, and again, behind the scenes, when you hear things, you, you kind of go back in time and think about it. Our Dowell Loggins' name is September. Hmm. You know? Well, don't keep at it, you know? And, and keep repeating it on this podcast. So, um, I just, uh, you know, I, I think at some point around here, uh, this fan base needs to grow up a little bit uh, and and look at, like, what's in front of you and what's actually happening rather than, wor- rather than consistently worrying about winning the press conference. Because winning the press conference doesn't always win you games, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> um, the guy up the road can tell you that. You could learn from Dabo and Clemson in this. I mean, look, the time was right. Dabo needed to go make a move. He did it. But there's been other times, I think Clemson fans would even tell you, last year's coordinator change deal, uh, they weren't pleased. You know, they, they were like, what? You're promoting from within again, blah, blah, blah. And they had just come off of a, a pretty good season, right? 10 and 3, yeah. where they won, what, 6, 7 straight, beat Carolina 30 to nothing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I understand that, that around here you've had Frank McGuire back in the day, and you've had Steve Spurrier and Lou Holtz, and, you know, everybody's kind of obsessed with, with the big names because that's kind of, you know, when Carolina's won. But I'll say this right now. You know, Shane Beamer's done some stuff that Steve Spurrier didn't even do in his first two years, you know. Um, and we'll see about this class. I know Spurrier, his third class, or, or second full class was ranked relatively high. But if you look at how that turned out, half those guys didn't make it. So uh, I think this is, you know, on paper, one of the best classes in program history. Uh, Steve Spurrier didn't beat Tennessee ranked in the top five and Clemson uh, ranked in the top uh, five or 10 back to back. He did beat a ranked Clemson team. I believe that was Spurrier's first win over a ranked team at the end of his second year. You know, Beamer's won how many games as a double-digit underdog? Um, And those outweigh the losses. And I'll admit there's been brutal losses. Uh, And I can probably hang that around the neck of one coach that's no longer here. In most cases. Not not like like A&M last year in 2021 where they just didn't stop them, you know, or, or Georgia or anything like that. But, you know, like the Missouri debacles of the last two years. I mean, how, you know. That that was on. There was just no decent offensive game plan. They didn't have a chance. They got out coached. Mm-hmm. So, well, JC, um, when you're thinking that, I mean, looking at this, equally as interesting, and maybe for me, as I've thought about it this morning and last night, what might be more troublesome is bringing Jeff Scott back, at least for an immediate impact. 
Because now you've well, got a guy who's familiar with the state is a known quantity in recruiting. Because that's the other thing about Garrett Riley is he doesn't have a stellar list of recruits, right? I mean, that's not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, he's he, known as being an offensive game, you know, manager yeah, that, and, and genius, and and took a Pac-12 team to, you know, top forty offensive output last year out of nowhere with, you know, three and four star guys majority. And now he's going to get to do it with a different quality of player. But um, oh, somebody I, I on think, the horn with Bobby Bentley here. <laughs> somebody, I, hope like, no. I, I hope if you're Garrett Riley that, I mean, I think if you're Garrett Riley, that's a no brainer to take that job. You know, you yeah. kind of get out of uh, the shadow of Sonny Dykes a little bit. Um, and, and look, Garrett called the plays at SMU two years ago. Their fans really weren't fired up about him. I remember uh, or for the, for 20, the, the, for two years, and then he uh, called him at TCU this year. I remember their fans uh, at SMU in 2020 were upset with him. <laughs> wow, the Pony fans. But, uh, uh, you know, you get out of his shadow, you work at one of the best programs in the country for the last 10 years. I, I mean, I think he's going to make a bunch of money. Um, and you get a coach in the ACC. Uh, if for some reason there were, were and there wasn't, but if there was, some kind of decision where Riley was choosing between Clemson and South Carolina. Uh, Clemson's getting it every time. I mean, you know, unless it was like personal friends with Shane Beamer, which uh, I think they knew each other, but I don't know they're, they're close. So, um, you know, just because you're not having to go beat your head against the wall in the Southeastern Conference every week, but you're at a program that has SEC standards, uh, still has sec type talent that's at the top that has an easy access road to the playoff um it's a no-brainer for him but but i'll mm -hmm. say this yeah, that's why you mentioned this phil about recruiting man that's why it's like you know people that thought well cam pringle and josiah thompson are going elsewhere now look it's a long way to go with all those guys oh, yeah. blake franks all those guys they could end up at clemson but i can assure you if one of them ended up at clemson or two or whatever it's because they want to play for Thomas Austin, uh, and it's because it's Clemson. It's not because of anything uh, to do with Garrett Riley. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's a big, bigger name in the minds of Gamecock fans than, than I think the country at large, and it is a big name in the so. And I everybody too. Broyles Award winner can't take it away from him. His brother won the Broyles. I think he's a talented football coach. And, uh, you know, had he been the guy at South Carolina, uh, great. Now I'll tell you this, Luke Doty would have been the quarterback because Spencer Rattler is not going – was not today if they're running the Riley offense. You know, I, I found that out. Somebody mentioned it back during the, the OC search, and I was like, well, I don't know. We just have to see, you know, Beamer could maybe massage it. But he, he was out, you know, if that if that had happened. And it was never on track to happen. Um. You know, so but but hey, Garrett Riley with Luke Doty, I think, is very intriguing. Or Tanner Bailey, to be honest. I mean, he's he's a he's a really good offensive coordinator. But I also say this, Ray, you know, uh, Joseph Fines is a classically trained actor, uh, <laughs> star of the London stage, film, whatever you name it. Very talented actor. You can ask anybody that knows acting, but he's not Ray Fines. You know, so, so so if you're confusing the two out there, 
Lincoln and and, and and Garrett don't do that just yet, you know. Um, and I, he may end up being better than his brother. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, I would just uh, – and I, and I think there's a lot. The, the Lincoln-Riley <laughs> – this goes back to 2016, and this is probably why people are mad at Ray, because Ray interviewed Lincoln when he was in his first year as the OC at, at Oklahoma. Uh, looking back, you know, we, as we watched some of the Muschamp teams play rock ball, you know, rock throwing contest and all that, you're kind of like, well, Riley, Lincoln Riley would have been a better fit or better coach, right? And the reason it didn't happen, number one, Lincoln Riley was 34 years old, one year removed from being the East Carolina OC. Uh, Ray really liked him. But there were like 20 guys on that roster that, that, that the former staff told me, uh, somebody you would all trust, that, hey, there's 20 guys on this roster right now that can even play in the SEC. And when Muschamp came in, I think 27 guys left the program. I think only two ever played college football again. They were like Richard Garrett, an officer and a gentleman. They had nowhere else to go. They just quit football. Never played again. I mean, I mean, Muschamp. I'll, I'll be. I'll tell you right now. Muschamp told me himself. He's like, it's the damnest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, this, is, this is this is tough. Well, you know, to his credit, Will came in, signed an an unbelievable class against the odds. Um, look at how many freshmen played on offense that year because the cupboard the cupboard was pretty bare. It was a way worse situation than what Shane inherited from Will. Um, and I think Ray Tanner felt like because of Muschamp's recruiting prowess and, you know, his organization and the staff he was going to bring in, and people, people want to talk about staff, Muschamp had the biggest name staff of them all. Of them all, you know. I don't think they were always in the right spots, but the big name staff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's why Ray hired Muschamp. You know, it wasn't as easy as looking at it going – you know, they failed Florida, failed South Carolina. That's still to this day, I still think that's a lazy take. Now, he ultimately did not get the job done, deserved to be gone. You know, and, and I think Carolina is on the right track again. Uh, Carolina's a unique place. I think uh, you need some people that kind of understand it and embrace it. I don't know that Will ever did. I think it was just kind of his last chance, right? Um, And uh, I do know that, that, that Muschamp felt like it was a great job, but a hard job. Um, again, uh, it's a direct quote. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's like it's hard to win, but when you do, it's the most fulfilling place ever when you win games at South Carolina. And it's because of you guys, the fans. Um, so, so look, you know, I, I, I think that I think that uh, many people out there, you know, and I, look, I'm I was honest about the Dowell Loggins hire, I, and I, I wasn't trying to spin it. Um, I like what he said in the press conference, uh, but I like a lot of things people say in the press conference. I understand, uh, and, and look, just me personally, Phil, and you've heard me say this many times, I don't, you know, win, lose, or draw in the NFL. I don't mean you're going to win in college. Mean, you could, uh, Bill Belichick would probably struggle winning in college football. Right. Yeah. You know, just like Steve Spurrier struggled in the pros. I, I think I think it's the same same sport, different game. Yeah. So him being coordinating some atrocious offenses in the league means nothing to me. Same way it would be if Carolina hired Kyle Shanahan, who's coordinated some great offenses in the league. Who, by the way, on that ESPN list of worst play callers, Kyle Shanahan was thirty first, mm-hmm. and Dowell was right behind him. So things change year to year. Um, 
But I'm not sitting here today. Dallas is going to be this great offensive coordinator. Uh, I think that some of the things about college coaching that are different from the NFL, he's embraced and and thrived like recruiting. Right. But I I can't tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that. Right. Um, no, I mean you got to see the product on the field to even make yeah, that determination whatsoever. I, yeah. I I think it's way more of an unknown than something you could just say is is awful, right? And I, and I think some of you are acting like Paramount Studios did, uh, and I'm not saying those full folks in the chat box necessarily or uh, you know more, more people like out there in the internet world. Uh, people m- most of them probably listen to it on the podcast later today, but. Uh, I think some are acting like Paramount Studios uh, during the filming of The Godfather, right? Because there's a lot at stake, and there's a lot at stake with that movie, and the studios financing it, and you got all these stars, and you got all these pieces in place to have a great movie, and it's a great novel, and blah, 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 blah. But Coppola cast Al Pacino in the role of Michael. And sure, there were some bumps in the road, just like there was last year, the Clemson game, the Missouri game. Uh, the Missouri game this year, uh, losing to Florida. Like, there's been some bumps in the road, but the studio is ready to run him out, and almost did. Mm. And some people are acting like that over the Dowell Loggins hire, right? And they're going to run Beamer out, right? Which is, dude, I don't know how you arrive at that, right? Um, but I bet you Paramount's glad they let it play out. And I bet you Al Pacino and Francis Ford Coppola and the late James Kahn or in RIP and the late great Marlon Brando are glad. I know mm-hmm. Talia Shire's good because I think she parlayed that parlayed that into Rocky and she can't add her way out of a paper bag. Okay. Um, and and, and Co- Ford Coppola's daughter is even worse. She was in part three. They're all, they all should be thankful to Al Pacino. Right. That studio won't fire him. Well, I think some people out there are taking that same approach. There's nothing wrong with, with having that as kind of your life, uh, how, how you judge things in life or sports or whatever, is that you, you want the big name and the lights and all that. Well, that's fine. Go go follow the Cotton Gin on Twitter because, you know, uh, kind of maneuver to get your name in lights or, or, or someone's name. Have them put Dowell Loggins up there, right? I got a T-shirt that says Dowell Loggins on it on round. By the way, we're selling them, mm. but uh, it's more of a tug-in-cheek thing. But but my point is, look, I think I, I think some coaches don't earn uh, a little trust. I mean, I think you got to earn trust. And honestly, had Beamer finished six and seven and kept Marcus Satterfield, no, I mean, no, he doesn't deserve any trust at all. No, yeah. but with regards to the hire, I mean. You know, I, this is his third coordinator. He had Mike Bobo, which I think Bobo would have been very competent and probably would have won. Carolina's probably winning two more games a year if he were here. Uh, just because, you know, uh, people don't think he can call plays. And I'm like, dude, you, you don't understand how hard it is to scheme open uh, in a passing game because you have to have some kind of passing game uh, with one receiver. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what happened in 2020. They had one receiver. Think what he get done with many. But, uh, you know, and then the Satterfield thing just did not work out. I think that largely had to do more with what that what Satterfield actually was, was not what he said he was coming in. Uh, and I think Matt Rule's going to find that out soon again, I guess. Um, and uh, 
now now we're on the Dowell Loggins, right? And uh, and the, to wrap all this up before we get to the award-winning Banda Sports chat box, and we'll get to it after our first break, Phil, because I want to address this too. Marcus Satterfield is nothing like Dowell Loggins. Nothing. Except for you hear those three letters, NFL. Okay? And let me tell you why. Marcus Satterfield was a an assistant coffee boy, basically. <laughs> an assistant to an assistant, right? For the Panthers. Yeah, I was going to say, how uh, many head or offensive coordinator jobs did Satterfield dude, have in the NFL? <laughs> uh, under a career college coach who's clearly yeah. a college football coach, clearly belongs in college, right? For one year. And he comes back. And tries to run offense like Andy Reid, and you can you can tell in his public uh, public speaking, you could tell the way he did coaching clinics. It was all about the NFL. He he kind of bit the the bug bit him. The NFL bug bit him, right? Hmm. And you know it's almost like a charlatan. Some of the he uh, was almost a charlatan. I, I don't want to say he was because that's kind of personal, but he's almost a charlatan coming in with all this NFL stuff when he's not an experienced NFL guy, especially running an offense. Um, and I think we saw at the end, because Marcus Satterfield called every play of the Tennessee and Clemson game, I think we saw at the end, you know, had he just ran it like a, run it like a college offense and allowed the players to play free instead of structured, you know, South Carolina would have won more games. But he didn't. Uh, and, and I don't know. I, I, I think people that aren't, that pretend to be something, that not because they don't really have the experience necessary to realize it. They're just out there trying to follow the model from the other other side of the fence uh, and don't understand that it doesn't work. You know, I mean, and, and I think that's probably why he struggled calling plays his entire career because there's no understanding of, you know, uh, of maybe I think what other college offenses do and things like that. I, I think, I think, I think his, you know, uh, he kind of ran his own thing, and then I think it was the got. Uh, it's not like when people say you get woke or whatever. He got like NFL woke, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we'll see that at Nebraska coming up, unless he's learned his lesson. I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't learn your lesson after you know you completely suck and are inconsistent and don't move it unless you're running it straight in the middle, and then you go beat one of the best defenses in the country uh, and hang thirty-one points on them. Uh, despite making a lot of mistakes uh, and beat them and only rushed for 54 yards, right? I understand how you don't learn from that mistake, but some people are hard and we'll see it in Nebraska. Dowell Loggins didn't follow that path, man. Dowell Loggins was in that league for 20 years, okay? He had four different, five different coordinator jobs, and they weren't all with Adam Gase, but some of them were, you know, and he kind of followed Gase around. Uh, I don't think he's not going to run the Adam Gase offense. And then... After his last job went south, uh, Dr. Loggins decided to do a, a career pivot. Many of us have done that. I, I, I pivoted from print to online in 2004. And I'm, I wake up in a cold sweat every night, feel thinking, God, I did. Right? I pivoted now from journalist to entertainer, uh, content creator, personality, whatever you want to call it. Right? Uh, we all pivot in our career. This is a career pivot for Dowell Loggins. He came back and took an analyst job at Penn State. Uh, and then, oh, okay, what was Alma Mata called? Um, he's almost done a three-year internship. Now, people are going to say, well, why are you hiring a guy that's just done a three-year internship? You have to ask Shane Beamer that. 
you know, I, I think it's about results and I've said that, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of pry everybody's brain open, uh, and, and separate Dowell Loggins from Marcus Satterfield. Um, uh, and, and the parts of college coaching that, that are way different, like recruiting, um, you know, if a guy wasn't serious about staying in college and, and being a college coach, uh, you know, he's not going to get out there and bust it in recruiting. He's going to be like, well, I was in the league 20 years. Okay. Um, this is a, this is a shift. Um, and, and, you know, it's either going to be same old, same old. And then I think you got to point your guns at Beamer a little bit, right. Or a lot for, for continuing to try to ever, or you're going to be glad you gave this guy what is his first opportunity uh, to run a college offense. And when you hear him talk in the press conference, he almost had a list of everything sat did wrong and said, well, this is what he did wrong. Um, And and so there's a big difference between even football knowledge, right? Between a guy that lasts 20 years in the NFL and then a guy that uh, was getting cup, getting coffee for a year and comes back and thinks he's Andy Reid. Those are two different people, two different dynamics. Uh, we've already touched on the fact he's probably a better person than Sat, um, as far as fitting in with chemistry and all that good stuff. Um, so, so I would encourage everybody, even if you're skeptical, and that's perfectly fine. Be skeptical. I'm skeptical. We're all skeptical with Dowell Loggins. You know, nobody's gonna sit there like, "Holy crap, Dowell Loggins is here." Uh, record books need to be; they're gonna be rewritten. I mean, nobody <laughs> should do that, but. Folks, we got to get a North Carolina game. You know, I mean, you can't sit there and worry about what Clemson's doing right now. It gets toxic. And you know what it does impact? You know, what, what everybody feels right now about Garrett Riley and, and oh, Dabo hired him and Clemson and all that. And what everybody feels about Dowell Loggins or Shane Bieber. And what we all feel doesn't mean jack squat right now. You know what matters? Uh, getting players because <laughs> uh, that matters. You know, Will Muschamp's a pretty gifted D coordinator, isn't he? You see his last game at South Carolina? <laughs> Awful, right? Uh, you, you see his, his game the other night against Garrett Riley? Masterful, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so players matter, man. I think we put too much – and look, you do need good coaching at South Carolina because, you know, you're not always going to have players, you know, at, at certain spots. So you do need to be well coached. I'm not saying that. But right now, you know, another meltdown on on the internet, uh, on the message boards, over Garrett Riley going with Dabo and these comparisons that you know, Shane doesn't know what he's doing. There, there, we got this guy here. All that hurts is your feelings, and your feelings mean nothing, right? Because your feelings are going to be hurt a whole lot worse if you start alienating recruits and alienating players, and the the, the the, the feeling from the fan base is toxic. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be. I think it's a very small group of people. But that kind of stuff can kind of spread, right? It can kind of spread. I think we put way, way, way too much emphasis on, on savior coaches around here, uh, the, the big names. Uh, and I think that the game has changed, and I think you should thank God that, that, that someone's out here saying, South Carolina's got to get over that, right? Because that's not always the way you win. And just being good whenever you have a savior coach that everybody worships, or if you think a savior AD like a like ninety year old Tom Jurich is going to come in here and everybody's just going to start winning again. Because fundamentally, I think a lot of folks out there have lost track of what matters, which is winning. 
right? That's what that's what matters. That's when your feelings are going to be hurt. Is when you lose players and you lose games. And you can go back and say it's because of the hire or whatever. Trace it. There's no way you can trace that back. What you can trace things to uh, is uh, in these days because you know although fans are more sensitive these days, our players uh, is psychology of your players and uh, and all that good stuff, and then you lose games. So uh, if that was the case, you wouldn't be happy. So all right, off my soapbox there. I. Uh, <laughs> some recruiting news i got some other stuff coming up uh and uh, we'll be back after these messages right here on inside the gamecocks the show golfers and wannabe golfers former gamecock golfer meredith taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the midlands of south carolina in-person golf lessons are held at the country club of lexington half hour hour on course nine or 18 holes and if you're outside of south carolina meredith conducts virtual lessons just send in your golf swing for analysis gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons connect on twitter at mayor taylor and find her online at mckellarenterprises.org her email is on the website schedule your next lesson today with meredith taylor former gamecock golfer Gamecock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Uh, This is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 8803-446-4662, to set up a no-obligation consultation about your potential backyard retreat. Uh, as well as the first hour of the show being brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call. She's right down in Spartanburg, 864-414-5271. She'll be happy to take care of all your upstate residential real estate needs. And, yeah, I don't know. You know, Clemson, J.C., taking Riley, I think, was just a shock to the system, you know. But, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, They're, yeah, they're already ascended to that, you know, level of national prominence. So, you know, it would make sense for them to be able to easily grab somebody who's been the hot name, uh, winning the Broyles reward, you know, just kind of makes it even more intense. And I'm sure the offense at Clemson will be as prolific against ACC teams as his was against the Big 12 defenses. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> this makes sense. <laughs> and here's the other thing, too, is that, you know, and I said panic move with Dabo. It's not panic. It's, you know, having to step outside of his own comfort zone to be able to adjust to the changing league itself. Because now with Florida State being back on the rise, um, there's a lot of pressure up here in the upstate to maintain what it is they've got rolling because now you've you've lost for the first time in eight years to your you know blood rival uh your conference rival is back on the ascension which is what i love how you and mike term them as volcano programs because that's what florida state Mm -hmm. is it's just waiting you know for that dome to build up and burst and you had to do something 
I mean, you know, because obviously what the product on the field from an offensive standpoint for Clemson last year was not what's going to maintain, you know, that prominence that you have. Absolutely. And I, I think the bowl game had a lot to do with it, too, because I mean, Tennessee, obviously, you know, not a juggernaut on defense. Now, I'll say this about Tennessee's defense, that the last two games of the season against Vandy and Clemson both, I mean, how many like – they outscored their, their last two points, 87-14. to 14. Tigers did score two touchdowns against them, as they, as they should have. But, I mean, it's not easy to shut Vandy out. I mean, that wasn't the Vandy of yore. <laughs> Y-O-R-E, by the way. All right, Nanosports award-winning Nanosports chat box. Sorry we didn't get into that early, but uh, it's time for an opening. Sometimes I'll do an opening monologue, right? One day, um, one day I won't, but I, mean, no, I don't do it every day, but uh, we'll dive right in. Happy Friday to everyone. Happy Friday to you, Clint. Happy Friday and good morning, Kevin. Nathan says, appreciate the Carolina swag, JC. Carolina Rise swag, JC. Yeah, I got that right out to you, man. And hope uh, I know you. he ordered like three different orders, and I hope you got everything. If you don't, send me an email. And by the way, these are new products. The Carolina Rise embroidered custom stretch beanie. Oh, that's the beanie. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's, it's just like a stretch beanie, so it, it's pretty cool. Skullcap-looking thing. GC fan loves the bagpipes. Austin says... This song wants me to river dance and with a pint of double loggins. Lord of the dance. <laughs> remember, remember Dennis Leary was like Lord of the dance. Fuhrer of the dance. And he's like, F. Michael Flatley, it's me. Lord of the, Fuhrer of the dance. Fuhrer of the dance. Dennis Leary tripped me out. Jeff Fowler says 1801. Appreciate you, Jeff Fowler. Hope you got your magnet. Uh... The theme song reminds him of the mobile game State of Survivor. Very relaxing. I like it. I think it's cool. I wish YouTube would quit flagging me. I sent him a nasty email today uh, because they unflagged the one that they flagged 30 days ago. And I'm like, are we going to do this every time we do the show? That's right. Uh, well, because what it is is that when you send – all right, so, so they don't really check it. Like somebody long time ago put a copyright claim on it, right? Mm. Well, it's on this free music. I, I've learned my lesson about that. I'm thankful for Eric Church and the Chief because he hasn't flagged anything that we play his on the show. Neither has uh, the opener, uh, which is a, a band called Albert Hill from Spartanburg back in my youth. Um, so we're thankful for them. But, I mean, I, I played Guns N' Roses one day. And you know, Axl Rose is like an internet-hating nut job about it. And his lawyers got right all over us. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that. we got that one before the damn show was over. First day. So, but, but, so, so I sent him a name. I mean, I finally, like, are we going to do this every episode? So our revenue's delayed 30 days. I'm like, come on, YouTube, do better. So uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, we Carolina need that $5. Says, <laughs> doesn't seem like Riley was, you know, we need the five. That was 10 now. I mean, yeah, I, I think our audience, we're up to about 20 a show now. We're doing nice. Uh, Carolina Titans says that does not seem like Riley was even an option. No, nah, I don't. The only thing I could do during that search about him specific was I couldn't rule it out because there were some folks uh, behind the scenes. It's kind of like the, it was not, it wasn't exactly like the Sean Miller thing because South Carolina did talk to Sean Miller and Sean Miller did talk to South Carolina. Uh, but I think it was one of those things where somebody, some, some folks wanted it to happen behind the scenes. And they were talking it up because it seemed logical, right? I mean, before, you know, TCU won their, you know, semi-game or whatever, even before that, it seemed, well, you know, Shane worked for Lincoln and Garrett Riley and all that. But uh, 
I, I'm more convinced now than ever. Beamer talked to Dowell Loggins, offered him a job. Uh, there was about a 24-hour period where I think some cover was run because of recruiting uh, uh, situations in Arkansas, primarily. Uh, and then, boom, he was he was in. Uh, so I, I'm with you. I don't I don't think Garrett Riley was ever an option at South Carolina. Uh, and if he was and he wanted it, Beamer picked Dowell Loggins over him. It wasn't a money thing. It wasn't anything like that. Uh, and so in situations like this where the head coach zeroes in on a guy and goes and gets him or the head coach has other good options and elects to go with a guy that's kind of an unknown, that's what a head coach needs to be held accountable for. That and wins and losses. you know, And that's about it. You know, this whole, like, anger about not winning the press conference, so that, that's not what winners do. That's not what people who are part of winning programs do. People will gripe and complain and all that, but not to the level of, you know, we hate the head coach and blah, 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 blah. Not after the season Carolina had with the players coming back that year. I mean, it's just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But I also understand on the flip side, and I, I wrote this, or I, I was this was in my mind to write earlier, so I'm just going to speak it. Play calling is important around here. And it goes all the way, because guess who coached here? The, the GOAT. One of, one of the, the best goat. of all time, right? Yeah. And all, we all live through him giving up the play calling duties in the middle of games and stuff there toward the later years. Even the in the years they won, you know, uh, handed it over to Junior in, in, in 08, I mean, which was a disaster. He had to take it back over. So we all live through this play calling you know, stuff. And then and who trots in here next is Will Muschamp. And unfortunately, uh, Mike Bobo was by far the best play caller he's ever called. And you, so you got the, you know, the Kurt Roper uh, deal, who also went to the NFL for one year and got a cup of coffee. I think he at least was assistant quarterbacks coach for the Browns. Comes back, doesn't run the Cutcliffe offense after year one, tries to make, you know, Jake Bentley into Peyton Manning. And, <laughs> I ran the same thing over and over again. He'd blow up on the headset. Really a Marcus Satterfield kind of guy with the exception. Yeah, kind of like Roper to Cutcliffe is like sat to rule. Um, <laughs> Kurt Roper did call the NC State Bowl game. Boy, that was an explosion of offense by the Wolfpack in that one, right? I know they didn't have Leary, but they're playing Maryland. But they still, lost to Maryland, right. what, 14 to 12? No. In, a, in a slow scoring game. I'm like, 90 Maryland miles really, from home or whatever, you know. <laughs> Maryland really is against a team that used to be your conference rival. I mean, Maryland mm-hmm. really is a Big Ten team now. I was like, wow. Uh, 8JM2, first time checking in since JC's illness. Hope you're back on the men. I appreciate that very much. Todd says, I do believe by South Carolina not getting the O. I believe it's by South Carolina not getting the offensive coordinator from TCU will come back to bite us in the ass. I don't, I don't know that was ever an option anybody considered. Um, I don't think it's good. I mean, I is it could it potentially elevate Clemson? Yeah, but uh, I want to say right now, it was never Garrett Riley going. Well, I'd rather go to Clemson than South Carolina. And if it is, I, I don't know that that's a battle you can win because coaches don't care. They're not fans. They, they they want the path of least resistance. It's another thing Mike and I always say, Phil. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see Riley calling plays when he's not with Sonny Dykes. He's been with Dykes his whole career. Um, AJM two. He wasn't. He was the hottest name out there. We're not shopping in that section yet. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think if Beamer had made a big run at Garrett Riley and offered him money and autonomy and all that, 
Well, you, you, everyone would have flipped the freak out until they realized, well, he's hiring somebody from Georgia or somebody from DCU, you know, Mm. um, and all that. And I just don't think that, I I, I don't think Carolina with where they were could wait that long because you're looking at Rattler and Wells and Lloyd and everybody hitting the portal, uh, with, with, with that kind of, um, that kind of time frame. I, I think the time frame they had in place was fine. Um, even if they'd have waited until I like ride from the bull. Action Jackson comes in, can't normally watch because of school. But we had a school shooter, school scare, police player for our community. Love the show. Yeah, sure, Action Jackson. That's awful. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's awful. Sure. Uh, Jafali says, JC, did you see Nola Cox's response about Beamer not wanting Riley? Yeah, but I, I read that too, but I don't think it was ever teed up. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I think, like I said, my understanding of the situation, and this is something that, unlike the Ray Tanner made him keep Mike Bobo malarkey, uh, this is this is something I'm not as like stand on the table about. I know this, you know, he wasn't like Beamer's top choice, and then he went to Loggins, uh, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, including the quarterback situation because they, they, they want a Rattler to come back. Uh, and then number two, I, I don't know that Riley was like this super interested. I, I do think like with Sean Miller, there were some powers that be uh, behind the scenes that were like, um, you know, we'll give you whatever you want. This has to get, you know, they, they wanted Garrett Riley. It's like they wanted Sean Miller, but that wasn't, uh, it wasn't like Miller where Miller turned the job down. Um Beating them was awesome, but I'd trade OCs with Clemson in a heartbeat, just being honest. You would right now, for sure. Nobody in their right mind wouldn't. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'd, I'd take him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not downplaying that guy at all, you know. Uh, I think he's good. He's, he's not his brother yet, and I, I guarantee you that, but not not many people are his brother. So, you know, no mercy says, why do we care what Clemson thinks? Beaver's got the program rolling. Um, Clint says, would anybody as of, so would anybody as of one thirteen twenty three doesn't always play out that way. Always a chance we've got a dude and they got a bus. That's true. Titan says, do you feel like Riley's hire puts added pressure on Dowell now? I don't understand why it would. I mean, if it does, he's not a very good coach. Um, the only, it's the same concept as, oh, Carolina's going to lose all their players because Garrett Riley's in town. <laughs> what? And as Phil said, Jeff Scott's not on the field. I think he's going to be an analyst type. Yeah. Um, he's going to be like what Freddie Kitchens did this year because they don't have an opening. That would be a little bit more of a concern that would have a direct impact on the trajectory of Carolina's program is Jeff. Because Jeff's a good recruit and knows the yeah. state and all that good stuff. Yeah, it just um, makes sense for them to make a you know big name hire because right now, I mean, they are a big name brand and program. I mean, it just it. I wasn't shocked to see the news. It was interesting how quickly it happened. Like you know, letting Streeter go, bringing him in immediately. But I figured that it's been in the works for a while. You know, and here's the thing, too. It was like. It, I don't, you know, you don't want to compare the two programs because it's a completely different set of circumstances on either side, you know, of the state. But, uh, you know, would you have been okay waiting if you did get Riley? Let's say Riley was the guy, right? Let's just, you know, hypothetically, Riley was the guy. 
But Riley comes back at you and says, well, I'm not going to announce or make any changes whatsoever until the TCU season is over. So now that's, what, three weeks that you're just kind of waiting, <laughs> sitting there, potentially losing recruits, you know, not being able to to shore up Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, having these question marks just hang out there, you know, longer and longer and longer? Or, you know, were you happy that you found somebody that was able to solidify what it is that we all want as fans, which is, you know, let's have our two best offensive players come back and run it back. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, Um, it's interesting. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just out of character for them to make such a hire. Um, But, you know, maybe that's showing some, some growth and progress up here in the, in Pickens County. Or, or, you know, Dabo had to go make a, an out of the box hire and, uh, yeah, somebody was like, they can shop at Williams to Noah. Carol's got to shop at Walmart. It has nothing to do with that. And, and if you look at how Clemson's program has been built, where are all these big names? They're not Alabama. Alabama can go and, like, dudes, will, they have turnover every year, and Saban just goes and uh, goes plucks guys out of the NFL and everywhere else. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got former winning head coaches. As, as analyst Dabo didn't do that. Dabo primarily promoted from within – and, and built people, which is, that's another winning strategy, right? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not getting this. Again, your your desire for a big name is your problem as a Gamecock fan. It, it has nothing to do with success in college football. It has nothing to do with wins and losses next year. The name. What matters is the performance and the execution. And I, and I know, I mean, look, I've made a living off off-season talk. I'm, I appreciate the fact people are passionate. But come on, your feelings do not matter uh, now. What matter? I mean, your your little feelings are going to be hurt much worse when, when you get to the season. Uh, if if your players have no confidence and it's toxic and people don't show up because of who you think needs to be the hired, who you think's a good coach, which most of the time you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm I'm probably there right behind you as far as being wrong. I think about a little bit better, but the average fan knows jack squat about what a good coach is, is it a play look and see or results elsewhere. And the average analyst, honestly, like me, doesn't know jack squat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, I like play a style of football, but Bruin says Gamecock Barbies, the Gamecock fans are sick of seeing our rivals go out and get guys when needed. When have they gone out and gotten anybody, Bruin? I mean, we just got finished saying that this ha- they haven't gone out and gotten anybody in 10, 11 years. What was the last I time mean, they I, went out and got Brent Venables? Either, yeah. either that or, I mean, if you if you look at it, you know, within the conference itself, you know, okay, so there's the Kirby Smart thing where it was like he was looking, you know, I mean, it was, it was pretty darn close for Kirby being the head coach here at South Carolina until the Georgia job came open. Yeah, Which is exactly Jordan. how that would have ended with Kirby here at South Carolina the minute that job came open, if we're being honest with ourselves. Like, what are you yeah, going to do? Mean, you going to have a one or two year rental Kirby, with a head coach? <laughs> if, Kirby, if Kirby had been announced, he would have pulled mm-hmm. a Bobby Crimmins and gone to Georgia. Yeah, he'd have nobody in, yeah, right, right. <laughs> nobody in their right mind that's a Georgia graduate whose wife's from Athens, uh, we're going to push this break. We're going to take it at the top of the hour, and we'll have – an extra break in the second hour, Phil. Uh, yeah, comes great. to South Carolina over Georgia, right? Uh, and he made the right move because I don't think Kirby would. This is a hot take. 
I think Kirby's <laughs> been a catch here, right? Um, probably we got a lot like Muschamp. Um, and he's like, and then when we got logins with no one outside of Arkansas had heard of him. It doesn't matter who you've heard of. That has nothing to do with anything. Do you think Clemson fans were like fired up that Kyle Richardson from Northwestern High School, who by the way will probably be there next OC if Riley leaves because he's an ARA guy too. Um, and I, if people say Riley's going to be one and done, I'm not buying that necessarily. Uh, but you know, you know, you think they were fired up about hiring uh, Dabo's buddy from Grayson High School? You, you think anybody had heard of Todd Bates from Jacksonville State when they hired him to coach the D line? Anybody heard of him? No. Did they did they throw a parade in Tiger Town when Mike Reed came from North Carolina State to coach their DBs? Or, or Robbie Caldwell just been fired as the uh, the um, O line coach or the head coach, interim head coach at Vandy comes on down? Were they were they? celebrating in the streets where you guys since you know it's only big name coaches right were you guys quivering in fear if you guys did you guys like when todd mockin who was probably the best coordinator in football this past year at georgia when he came back from the nfl were you like oh my god georgia's gonna be good no so i i understand the excitement wow big name and hey i'm really fired up everybody should be fired up garrett raleigh's the coach there but you guys are letting this impact everything else. Okay. It sounds like saving. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> All and right. to me, that's just that's just ridiculous. Um, and then this other thing. Loggins has a good year. Arkansas is bringing it back as OC after Browse is gone next year. Look, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to go on the record. And I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Right? Wrong again. Mm-hmm. Like uh, little Jim Jeffries there. By the way, great <laughs> comedian. Don't uh, yeah, he, he's nuts. But uh, you know, if you don't like over the top humor and, and and a little bit of misogyny in your in your uh, comedy, don't listen to Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries says no. But anyway, he says that. I'll be wrong before, but wrong again. I'm gonna say this right now. I'm gonna go on the record and and, and I'll eat it if I'm wrong. Right? Dowell Loggins will be the head coach at Arkansas before he is the OC at Arkansas under Sam Pittman. I guarantee you. I, I right. don't think that's a stretch. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's uh, That, that takes know, so, warm, but not very hot. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's a talking point. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, you know, Arkansas fans will probably disagree with me. Once a hog, always a hog. But, you know, that's the deal there. Yeah, here we go. I am late. I'm the late stone. I actually did not read your chat box entry here before I said this. If successful, we'll be the head coach in Arkansas yet. I don't think Pit Boss is going to survive. Nah, got, they got problems. And see, that's mm-hmm. the thing there. You know, uh, Craiger says Chuck Reedy was clowning us last night on Corn Show. Chuck Reedy's the worst offensive coordinator in the history of South Carolina football and someone I respect zero. So. Uh, he can actually go jump in a hole, all right? Not just for the fact that he was 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 probably sub-sat level and cost Brad Scott his job because he, he is antiquated, uh, but he's a real jerk, uh, you know, uh, and, and sort of a guy that, that I don't even think belonged in education uh, when Brandon Shell was playing for Goose Creek. 
Uh, and if some of you are related to him or friends with him, I respect that. I'm not trying to get into it. It's kind of an old beef. Uh, but for him to clown anybody, uh, you know, go jump in a hole. That's that's all I got to say about Ch- about that particular person who's a complete loser at the college level. By the way, uh, go check his record at Baylor. Complete loser. Um, how important is beating UNC? I think it's important, but I don't think the current subject has anything to do with it. Um, morning from Idaho, Xavier's in Idaho this morning. I think Abo just hired Riley. I spiked against Carolina, knowing how bad we wanted. Uh, I'm sure that's a bit tongue in cheek, obviously. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Pick up sarcasm. I was about to say, Dabo does not give a fiddler's foo what Carolina (laughs) fans want. Dabo knew his seat was getting hot. Is looking for a life raft. I think it was kind of warm, not not hot, but you know, I I think a few more years of bad offense, they wouldn't like it. Gamecock Twitter is toxic as AF. Have you not been on Twitter? LOL. Have you not been on Twitter the last five years? Yeah, I have. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. But it can get more toxic, I guarantee you. Uh, I like the Beanie JC. says Arthur says, JC, what would a conversation between Dowell Loggins and Todd Ellis look like? I don't know. I haven't gotten my Dowell Loggins uh, impression because I haven't heard him talk enough. Uh, Charger Run says Carolina snatched up Loggins before Bama and Clemson could. LOL. Yeah, really funny. Uh, but was Biscuit Boy at Hall's Chop House with Miller? That's the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. Who's Biscuit Boy? Yuva. Oh, Biscuit Boy. I don't know. You have to ask Mike that. Receiver and O line still an issue for Clemson. Clemson's are ingredients are spoiling. So I don't know who the chef is. Good morning, JC. The issue with me is Clemson hired a die identity, and we hired a, a Dowell Loggins. I, teams develop different identities different years, Rodney. I mean, Clemson's identity this year, not the sa- same offense. They've been running 10 years. Not the same. Uh, Alabama's identity well, they don't have five-star receivers. You wait. Alabama will run the same system next year, but they'll go back to running it because they got two five-star backs that are stud. Um, we go three and out on the first drive against UNC. People are going to lose their minds. That would be the dumbest thing ever uh, because you, you can't judge an offensive coordinator on an opening drive. Uh, Jared says, JC's at your understanding it was Dowell Loggins' job to lose the entire way. Uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning. You know, there's a lot of talk out there and agents and then boosters and things like that, but all that good stuff. Nathan got everything. Thanks. Uh, Jared, 8JM2 says, do you think that Shane would rather have had Daryl than anyone else in the country, including Garrett Riley? Of course not. But my guess is Shane didn't bother contacting Garrett Riley. USC isn't on his radar. I think that's a pile of crap, honestly. Uh, you, know, you, you don't. You guys downplay the program and the job, right? It, it, it's never been the whole time Beamer's been here. The Muschamp was here. It's never been. Oh, we can't get anybody else. Oh, now when Spurrier was here and and they were nickel and diamond assistants to death. Yeah, you know when Tennessee's going to pay somebody five hundred a year and Carolina's only going to pay two fifty and they're not coming off of it. Absolutely. But, you know, people would at least listen, especially Garrett Riley. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, and um, I'm pretty Jer- sure the the board of trustees had had very loose purse strings here for whatever hire decision was being made. <laughs> yeah, Jared says Garrett Riley doesn't fit into what Shane's trying to do is what it appears from the two guys he has hired. I'll say this: this is a two parter here. He there's there's two parts to being an OC. You got to be the quarterbacks coach too. I don't think he fit into coaching Spencer Rattler. Um, he hadn't had that much time as a QB's coach, to be honest. Um, but the, the actual, like what Shane is trying to do here, Shane's trying to run the ball, throw it all over the field and score points. And, uh, you know, I don't have any guarantees cause I don't have any proof. So you got to live on faith sometimes, but you're not going to see 20 different personnel groupings. And what I have now termed, and then we're going to go to break. Cause this is awesome. I did it on the message board today. Uh, I, I say, my dad used to call people uh, that were slow, including me, slower than Al shit. I think I get that. So I've now termed Satterfield's offensive system prior to the last two games of the year the Al Shat offense. <laughs> hoot, hoot, MS, you know. But, uh, you know, that's the thing there. Um, uh, it's only proper to impersonate Dowell Loggins with an Irish accent. I can hear that right now. Uh, with Todd, ah, top of the morning to you, Todd. Oh, Blarney Stone, Blarney Marble, <laughs> Stonehenge. Oh, hurt me. IRA. Uh, IRA. <laughs> Car bomb. Hurt me. <laughs> you shouldn't be making jokes like that, J.C. Sherbert. The good Lord's going to come down on your head with a fire and brimstone. I didn't very sensitive, JC. That is very sensitive. <laughs> Potato famine. Hey, and I, here we go. Loggins is obviously Scottish or Irish, right? Double Loggins. Uh, they had a potato famine. Why, why did everybody leave? They had, a, they had a tater famine, right? So that should make you guys happy. You should have another, you have a bunch of Irish for this coach. Uh, this is. The next coach here will be, everybody should change their name to Irish accent. Ah, my name's no longer Shane Beamer. It's Shane McClanahan. Yeah. It's right. Clayton McDougal. My it's defensive coordinator. And Torian O'Flannery. Torian O'Flannery. Instead of a, instead of 2001, they're going to, and, and the, the sandstorm, they're going to start playing like, uh, Irish bagpipes and uh, <laughs> and kissing the Barney Stone. Maybe Clemson should do that. They should kiss the Barney Stone. We don't have a tater famine here in the upstate. We have plenty of them. They're all over the place. <laughs> Crawling with them. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time live I think I've ever even referenced them as being the taters, but you ever talk to me in person? <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, the cranberries. Oh, my God. I, that's more. That would be something I could see. I see Clemson doing taters and Irish aside is, you know, because they kind of they'll kind of sometimes do stuff, and you're like you kind of scratch your head. Like zombie starts playing. Twenty <laughs> year old angry uh, war chick. Uh, this is a good song. I thought zombie was cool, uh, and, and Clemson just pulls it, dust it off, and like, we're gonna run down the hill to zombie. All right, good. It's the God, same. Be, oh, be Sinead O'Connor. 
Oh my God! Uh, come out of the tunnel, the Danny Boy, and then oh, and then the new pop up jam. We jump around. Why did I forget that? That's right. Check that fucking. For the record, I like the cranberries. Clint says I like them too. But but look, speaking of, this is the greatest transition in the history of radio because I was like, I've let it linger. So we got to get to a break. <laughs> the show will be back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That one, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express on Rooms of Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662. Tell him you heard it here. Save $500 off your next project. And no, AJM2, I do not think that Sinead O'Connor was the lead <laughs> singer. Hey, AJM2, you don't, you don't on, know real? Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Phil's <laughs> wife would, if Phil said some stuff like that, Phil's wife, Dina, would smack him. He could have been praying his forehead the next day. I I know both of them pretty well. Now, I, I, I'd be more likely to say something like that, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes I mix things up, man. I walked around thinking Ray Liotta was in Terminator 2 for 10 years. It wasn't. I thought he was the, you know, uh, this Ray Liotta. <laughs> an idiot. Um, all right, so... Uh, all right, going back. Oh, Lance players in. I always like it when Lance comes in because he's light and happy. <laughs> and, and honestly, the chat box that my ire was not directed at the chat box. Chat box is kind of like my escape. 
More about the message board and the yeah, same I was five say, people. Yeah, that's, that's that, message board driven. The yeah, same I know six where that comes from. That, <laughs> it doesn't matter what Beamer does. You know, they don't like, you know, they, they, they'd rather Billy Napier be here or whoever they thought was coming. Um, and it's it's bad. But uh, you know, they don't like Tanner. And they find a way to work Tanner into the conversation. It's just never going to be happy. And, and I, I think a lot of those people, look, I'm, I'm very – I'm happy that people like that have an outlet. And, and one thing I have noticed is people that are the most negative and awful on the message board, I'll get to know them in real life. Like I'm friends with some of them now. Uh, and, and they're the best, they're nice. And the people that are like kind of the, the, the rah, rah, you know, militant sunshine bumpers. They're usually the worst people on earth. <laughs> And you have to have an ecosystem, folks, when you when you have a message board. But uh, anyway, um, Clint says you're killing me, JC. Sorry. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Dolores O'Riordan. All right, so there's another name. So who could be Pete Limbo? Could be special teams coach Pete O'Riordan. Hmm. Peter, Peter, you have to expand it to Peter. Peter, Peter O'Riordan. Ironically, South Carolina just lost to a team called the Fighting Irish, and we haven't mentioned it once. But anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, you know that, that goes without saying. <laughs> Jeff Fowler says, "I love working in Ray, working Ray Tanner, and yeah, I don't know. See, and another thing about a lot of you guys here, I don't know what your handle is on Big Spurs. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> like, like Carolina Rise people will email me, like, "Hey, JC, it's uh, it's me." I'm like, "Who?" Or I'll get a I'll get a PM from like. Big gigantic cock one seven eight nine. It's like, hey man, can you check on my Carolina Rise account? I'm like, I don't know who you are, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, Arthur Bear's Irish accent only consists of saying Ewan McGregor over Ewan. and over again. Heck of an actor there. Yes. Uh, like, what up, Father? By the way, Jafaler, uh, Semper Fi, and thanks for your service, bud. Always. Always got. Oh, I can't say that enough. Honestly, I just got a deep respect for all of our military, and especially the United States Marine Corps, because me and my buddy Skipper one day almost joined. Glad we did. Jeez. Could you imagine me and Skipper <laughs> going to the Marines? Mighty, it's be like stripes. I could see. I've never told you. Be like stripes. Oh my god! No, but we're willing to learn. <laughs> <laughs> But now I almost did. Sometimes I think my life would be a lot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my life would be like right now. Um, I could have used the discipline. <laughs> I'll be honest. Ah. Uh, but then I watched Full Metal Jacket a couple times, and I'm like, oh, my God. What is your major malfunction? <laughs> uh, what a Arlie Embry. Rest in peace. By the way. On a sad note, Lisa Marie Presley died yesterday. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, Jeff me, Beck, man. too. That one, I, I yeah, Beck was hurt good. me more than Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie was a bit more shocking, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Jeff Beck. Awesome guitarist. I thought Lisa Marie Presley was hot. <laughs> she still was a good looking woman. Uh, Priscilla's still alive, obviously. Uh, the, the Kings, I'm like, hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> Assuming that's where uh, Elvis is. I think he is. Uh, or, he, or he's like Tommy Lee Jones said of Men in Black. Elvis is not dead. He just went home. <laughs> We're going to win this race. 
Remember that Eddie Murphy skit? He's like, Elvis would just sing his song. Elvis, we're going to win this race. We're going to win this race. We're going to win this race. <laughs> I've gotten fat enough I could be an Elvis if I dyed my hair dark like it was. It was that, that way in college for a while. I grew it out. I have the chin. If I had like a white leisure suit, I could be, I could probably do a fat Elvis. You could pull like off a fat flying could. Elvis. That would be awesome. I could. That would be. Because I, I could do the voice a little bit. You do a moment. Well, I'd have to sing it like Eddie Murphy said. You know, hey, flying fat Elvis, I'm going to get this, uh, this harness on. I'm going to put my <laughs> harness on. Anyway, Ryan <laughs> Peterson's even more. Ryan said twice, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm even more uncomfortable now. Even more uncomfortable now. <laughs> uh, all right. We got some actual football questions. Lance defends Ray Tanner. Personally, like old Ray. Good old fella. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ray, Ray deserves some criticism for certain things, but other things he doesn't. And I always, I always like to be fair to people, you know. So, anyway. All right. We are going to take a break because we're going to have, what, three yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're the little ones though. I think they're they're under yeah, two so minutes each. So we're we're gonna break and and Quantrell has a, a good point he's got to make, and then we've got yeah, some uh, other yeah. football questions. So here we go. Break time. Right back in, I think we're at ninety seconds on the show. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call or shoot them an email at 
John B at expressunrooms.com or 803-446-4662 to set up an appointment to talk about how they can spruce up your backyard or your house to get ready for the nice summer weather that will be right around the corner here. Portal receivers, sure. JC. I know we got a couple of guys coming in this weekend. Yeah, I uh, think they're coming in. As Xavier Weaver from USF was up in the air a little bit, but the kid from Betty Lee from Moose. Uh, and I'll get that in one second. Jared had something interesting. In light of Dowell Loggins being our new OC, would you two commit to a show where you guys get drunk on Friday, March 17th to celebrate? Maybe. Who's to say uh, we're I not mean, getting drunk on Friday, January 13th? <laughs> <laughs> it is Friday the 13th, isn't it? Um, yeah, because I guess that's St. Patrick's Day week. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, Jared. By the go. way, some of the best days of my life were when I lived in Five Points when I was at Carolina. Oh, my. Before that, the Five Points St. Patty's Day bash. <laughs> I don't know if it's still awesome. That was the best day of the year. That band at the beginning of the show, Albert Hill, we played. They played one year. Boy, that was something else. I was married then too. I think. Anyway, yes. um, I'd already grown out. Of that was the there. days before Uber and all that too. I remember an extremely long yes. stumble back to a hotel. Back. We were <laughs> staying. Yeah, we were because we were. Patrick's day. It's the courtyard now, and it was a Holiday Inn on assembly, and we had to. Whoa, that was a long, long, long. I think you guys were with us. Honestly, we were. Phil. Yes, Dina. We, uh, Dina, we Laura, aided your then wife back safely home. <laughs> she was. Yeah, she was. She got. She tied one on that one day. Uh, but we, fact, we had to stop in the universe. I think it was one of the cafeterias at the university to dip in to use the bathroom. <laughs> That's probably probably dipped in at Russell at Russell House right there yeah. on Green Street. So, um, yeah, and I did not live at Place on the Green at that point. We I think as we were in Greenville and I'd gotten a hotel. But yeah, it was always a fun time. But yeah, maybe we'll do that. That'll be like the the drinking show. Um, get Bradford on with us or something to, to have a few as well. Clear our schedules that afternoon because no, look I'm, I'm going. Ryan is sinking into his discomfort. Call that show Sloppy Cox. <laughs> now you're making me lean, uncomfortable. Lean into Ryan. it, oh Ryan. My God. Lean, lean into, into it, it buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've got that Disney trip. We're flying out Sunday because I got it rescheduled for my mom's spring break. So that was good. But anyway, yeah. I figured the game now I'll, I'll crap my pants if the Gamecocks men make the NCAA tournament and I've scheduled a Disney trip. I'm like, oh man, God. <laughs> anyway, that, that's not going to happen. Um, Quantrell says, focusing on the trajectory of Carolina football. And while I agree the fan base can be toxic, it's also one of the more passionate in the land. Take the good with the bad. Yeah. And I don't want to mm-hmm. look, man. I love all of you guys, every one of you. And, and I, 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 I tend to. I know sometimes when I get fired up by something, I sound preachy. Um, it's just me making a point, you know. And and, and I get the best for you guys as fans. I don't, you know, I don't want you to walk around like knuckleheads sometimes. Um, but yeah, obviously, and, and I'll say this: South Carolina's fans during the Muschamp era and the pandemic and all that, they're starting to lose their luster because they weren't showing up. Yeah, you, know, you almost started worried about it being like basketball, but this past year, 
you sold it out for Charlotte, man. <laughs> uh, that crowd at the Gator Bowl was the, the you know, that, that was, I think it's probably, without looking at the numbers for the 2010 Peach Bowl, as large, I know it was the largest crowd for a Florida Bowl game Carolina's had since uh, those two back-to-back Outback Bowls. And I can't say enough good about the fan base at large and how they showed up this year. You know, and, and loud and made a difference. You know, so I'm I'm not trying to torture the fan base. I just I think that as this program progresses and as they continue to get players and win more games, and you start to learn, well, Steve Spurrier is not the only person that can win big here, which is what we all hope happens, and, and I think it will. Even if Beamer fails, I, I'm not giving up on that. You know, I think Steve Spurrier is a great coach. I talk about him all the time, obviously. But there's a, there's another fit, and it's probably Beamer right now. So I I, I think as everybody kind of gets used to going, oh well, wait a minute, you, know, you can hire a guy, and uh, we don't know if he can coach or not based on the press conference. But and, and, and this is the fault of the past, the Brad Scott hires, the the Chuck Reedy hire, like well you meant you know Chuck Reedy that that was a disaster, even though it was only a year. Um, some of those more you know Muschamp running out of gas, that kind of thing. Uh, Lance says, living that drill sergeant life. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared said, oh, Jared says, what's the one thing you wish they sold in concessions at football games? Something you don't normally see sold. I'm going to go with sushi. And that's just because I don't eat it at football games. I, I, I don't eat it a lot. I, I, I can tolerate it now, but my fiance likes it a lot. And uh, her kids like it a lot. So if you kind of contempt them and say, well, I have sushi at Carolina. Maybe I can get them to go to a game. No, yeah, your that? that's all right. That's all right. I, I might actually be having some sushi this evening, JC. We're going to go out. Uh, mm. Yeah, mom's keeping the kids tonight. Get a date night tonight. It's awesome. Uh-oh, that's delicious. Mm-hmm. That'll be good, yeah. I, I, second, I'd probably go with pot roast. Yeah. I just, I, just, I just like pot roast. Pot roast. So, all right, so uh, who are the portal wide receivers you're on? Xavier Weaver from... South Florida, and then Eddie Lee from Memphis are the guys. And you never know, somebody may pop up. Corey Rucker came along late last year. Um, but if they don't get a portal receiver, I don't think they're going to cry. And it sounds weird to say because I kind of thought it was a need myself. But, you know, they think Kelton Henderson can impact. They they may move Jacob Simon, the, the tight end from Western Kentucky. He may play more um, uh, receiver. And uh, I have a gut feeling uh, Nick Harbor may be uh, a receiver, not a tight end. Um, And that's just because I – and I can go ahead and report this uh, per context. Justin Stepp is going out to – he's got a track meet in Lubbock, Texas coming up. Stepp's going out there. So I thought it was interesting. They're sending Stepp and some others. So, you know – if they think they're getting Nick Harbor and, and they like Kelton Henderson and think he can come in and they like where Landon Sampson's at, you know, and then you got a mega plate, Kyle Horton, and then the guys we talk about. Also wouldn't be surprised. If they're gonna, and if you're going to move Jacob Simon in, uh, and if, you know, you, you, your idea this year with Loggins uh, is to play McDowell more in the slot, kind of like he did in the bowl, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty solid. Now, now, would I've liked to have seen him sign another Juice Wells? Yeah, you know, but uh, 
Here's what it is. Uh, 76 says, just FYI, thankful for TBS, all you guys. Here, I've been out mostly with a lot going on. Appreciate this sports provide, but hanging out with you guys, too. Thanks, 76. I appreciate yeah, it. Man. I know you've been going through some stuff, so I hope, hope you're well. Um, Peter says, let's call that show Sloppy Cox. <laughs> um, uh, Lance says, need Dowell Loggins Irish Stouts. Absolutely. Yes, uh, Craiger says, Jason Voorhees Day. Friday the 13th, that's right. <laughs> I always forget, I forgot for a while, going back in time, that in the first one it was his mom. Yeah, it was his mother, and that's right. Mutant comes out of the lake. And, <laughs> um, JC, what do you think about Jaden Bradford? Is that the quarterback from Chapin that's... Uh, I thought it was Jalen. Is it not Jalen Bradford? I'm probably wrong. There's a lot of Jaden and Jalen's in football right now. Let's see. Jaden Bradford. Yeah, if it's Jalen Bradford, the, the quarterback from Chapin, that's at IMG now. I like. Yeah, him. that's the one. Take, IMG. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would take both him and Reno. Let them battle it out. Redshirt one. You're going to lose guys anyway. A quarterback. Uh, Hootie did a free five points, free concert and five points in '01. It was awesome. Was that the one we were at, Phil? No. Yes. No. But no. was it? No, I was still in Columbia in St. Patty's Day 01. We went though. I, I did go. That was at Place on the Green. That was a good day. Yeah. Uh, I went to that. Uh OT from Georgia entered the portal. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna go after him. Um he's six eight, three fifty. Uh John says, JC on top of the St. Patty's Day thing was at least back in the day. It was, it was on top of it. SPD was the last day of spring break. So top it off 10 days of drinking with more drinking. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell, hell yes. <laughs> uh, yes, drink beer, talk ball. That's the dream. Blues Traveler played in St. Patty's Day at five points last year. Man. Hey. You and Dean, you and Dean have been all over that one, man. I think yeah, yeah we don't see Traveler. John Popper. Yeah. Um, uh, Craig says we look more impressive than any other bowl game besides the playoff games. Yes. Uh, KFC says dead serious during the must champ years. Uh, I don't know who we played or what time. <laughs> I, I, I get that way about that's one of the things I actually liked about Frank Martin because his teams would screw around or whatever, but it'd be a February and you know, they're like, well, if you win the next two, you get back on the bubble. So, so it was always kind of interesting uh, when he started, I guess, winning. Uh, you know, they went to the NIT and the Final Four or whatever, and they were kind of on the bubble-ish, at least. I like that. This year? No idea. Really? <laughs> They're playing? Uh, and then my friend Margot keeps, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not a big women's bat. I'll probably watch him play LSU because I don't like Kim Mulkey. And I always yeah. watch him play UConn. I always watch the tournament games. So that's about the extent of my women's basketball uh, fun. And I have no idea when they're playing. And, and honestly, baseball last year, I would have no, I had no idea about game times. But the series, and once you get to the SEC, they usually play either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, mm -hmm. Saturday, Sunday. So you know there's a game on, you know. But uh, that's funny. Football, I've never been that way, win, lose, or draw. Uh, Jared mentions we could get co uh, we could get cousin Shane on the show. Yeah, that's a cousin Shane type thing, a drinking one. Um, Seventy six says things are progressing. 
Joel. Uh, Thanks, Joel. Joel. Well, Realistic Joel. Beamer could have hired another Jeep hunter or Everett Sands. I leave Jeep alone. I know him. Everett Sands was terrible, though. Yeah, I'm saying. Um, Rob says, trying to figure out if I did something wrong. JC doesn't read my post anymore. Skipped over the one at the beginning of the show. That's because, Rob, I'm not quite as sharp as I used to be mentally. I was going to say, <laughs> and that, I miss that was things. Probably an oversight. Yeah. No, uh, it's always it an oversight. Yeah, is about that the other day. I'm like, dude, I read everything. So, and this thing is hard when you're like looking at it and you, you're jumping from topic to topic. So I apologize, Rob. If you want to repost that bad boy, I'll go. Eero um, Shy is uh, Trevor's favorite uh, sushi place in Greenville. No, my brother, yeah. my brother got married Valentine's Day of was it nineteen? Nineteen, and because uh, I was in Atlanta, yeah, he calls me up two days before Jason. He's like, "Hey, did I get married tomorrow? It's Valentine's Day. You want to come to my wedding?" <laughs> But we went to a really good sushi place. Um, KFC says, I'm eating hog mall stew. It's good. Mm. Clint says, we're going to go see Plane tonight at the theater, going to Frodo's for some pizza beforehand. Yeah, that's an interesting-looking movie. And Gerard mm. Butler. I think my fiancé likes Gerard Butler's backside, so I may get her to go do that. The theater up here, I don't know if they have these in Greenville yet or not. It was kind of a new thing for me. Like They have these theaters where like you sit down in a little freaking lounge chair and they bring you food and drinks and whatever. It's just like being at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Air says today's show has been awesome. JC and Phil dropping wisdom. That's awesome. Uh, Clint says, come on JC spoiler alert, man. Well, no, I, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen plane. I, I was trying, I was pontificating the path. Tonight, instead of heading to the watering hole, the, the wife and I, or the fiance and I, never mind, we're going to the watering hole. <laughs> um, Jerry no, says, yeah. is, is Albert Hill related to the Boot Hill band? No, uh, Desiree's Hammer would, was kind of their rename and come back. Uh, Evan says, y'all's story about PE teachers yesterday was true. I forgot what I said about PE teachers. Gosh, I do too. Oh man! About somehow how they was it a look a PE teacher like how they look? Um, oh, you did have a PE teacher story. Jeez, I can't even remember it. Yeah, but I was kind of talking about like the the PE teacher, like the old PE teacher named Deborah. I, I don't. That was going in a different direction. I love PE teachers. Um, I just remember everything. Oh no 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 no! no my, guy, my guy, my guy, my fiance's guy, a get friend. That was married to a PE teacher. Oh, yeah, right, right. And then right, left yeah, him for yeah. like Danny DeVito from the yeah. Penguin, right? Um, With the money. Because yeah. he was because he was loaded. Yeah. And, and I, was, I was talking about, do you think he's – and I had a point about Billy Napier, you know, <laughs> slobbering the knob on, on this kid that is obviously extorting Florida's collective for $13 million. I, and I, I, I don't know. I just must not have paid attention. I thought this kid was like a top 10 player in the country. He's number 56. Could you imagine? I said, who, who was right to that? That kind of Garcia was Willie Corn, Luke Doty. Yeah. Could you imagine like Stephen Garcia demanding thirteen million? <laughs> for, I mean, he's fifty six. But yeah, I, I said the PE teacher is not going to sit there and take her back and 
you know, talk all good about her. She's already, she was already extorting everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's good. But PE teachers are arguably the smartest people because they get paid by the same about all other teachers to play games. And Evan is a PE teacher. Oh, oh yeah. He's got a PE one of my wife's friends at school is like that. He tells her all the time. He was like, you know what? You could have done this too. Yeah, <laughs> you could come to work in you know gym shorts and uh, or uh, you know sweatpants. I you mean, could, you had that I, option, I did, you know. But see, nowadays everything's so weird, Phil. It's like you can't play volleyball anymore. I mean, I'm sorry, dodgeball. Nah, mm. come on, man. What's a, you can't be a PE teacher without dodgeball. But Evan, yeah, I, I, it's uh, this guy. Uh, I was I was kind of just making the point that his ex wife was. I don't know, something that starts with an H and ends with an E, but uh, you can fill in the blanks there. I mean, you know, that's basically what I call her. I would never say it on the air, but uh, I, and the, the, the fiancé tries to argue with me. That's not why. It's like, well, wait a minute. She is uh, in a romantic, physical, monogamous relationship for money. Isn't that the definition? I don't know. Uh, anyway... Uh, Clint says, I was referring to Jace's mom in part one. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry for screwing that up. Quantrell has a good thing here. Then we got to get another break. I mean, we have, what, two more breaks, Phil? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Two. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. Um, and then Chuck shot my sushi thing down. Sushi in 100-degree heat. I don't know, JC. Sounds like something. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I forget about how. See, you got to understand, like, here, the temperature's different. <laughs> it's never, it's never too hot for sushi. Never. Come on. They have sushi outside. Let's get sushi outside. Oh my god. Anyway, um, Quantrell says, "What would your car of choice be if you were a star athlete at USC and had a nice NIL deal?" I like the Mercedes SUV quite a bit. The Spencer Rattler. I tell you what, yeah, I was going to say that one Spencer was riding in pretty um, nice. <laughs> I, I used to kind of be as like a any car I wanted because my, my dad had a Porsche or two when uh, when I was young. And that's a whole different story I'll get into at one point. But uh, I like those little Land I, Rover I, Defenders I, I see riding around, like the little one, the smaller ones. Those are pretty nice. I like those. I also think uh, I've gotten, you know, because I, I had a truck and then something happened to it and uh, it, it wasn't my fault. I was essentially making it. My, my brother couldn't afford it anymore, one of them. And, and it was in his ex his wife's name. And so I was just making the payments every month, Venmo and that 750 bucks down to South Carolina. And 18 months passed, and one day I walked out, and it wasn't there. <laughs> and so apparently she had an affair, right? And, uh, and she was taking my money that I was Venmoing her because it was in her name and just spending it with her boyfriend. Um, well, now they're back together. <laughs> so Christmas is a little awkward. $18,000 and no Ford F-150 later. Um, so I said, screw it. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, so, so, so Nat, because we didn't have a car. I was like, Nat, or we didn't have but one car and we had kids. And so Nat's mom, we go to the Thai temple, right? And there's a 04 Ford Explorer with 120,000 miles on it. But the lady that, that's got it was in the army, and she'd always, everybody at the temple taking care of it or whatever. It's the Buddhist temple. They're folks, those folks take care of their cars, right? Uh, it's kind of funny seeing a guy in an orange robe under the hood, you know? It's different. 
<laughs> it's different. Uh, they pat my stomach too. I'm like, does this mean I'm fat or that I'm I'm, I'm good luck? It's good luck. So you are man. I'm just gonna feel good. I feel like I've been there. I don't what the hell right. anybody's saying. That's right. But, Have uh, you attained uh, <laughs> spiritual enlightenment up there, JC? Absolutely. Um, so so we bought, bought it for fifteen hundred dollars, dude. I think it runs like a dream. You just got to keep the you keep the oil change because it will get hot on you. And then, unfortunately, and, and I'm glad that so far it's been a little bit of a milder winter. The heater broke. <laughs> Usually the air goes out, right down south. Right, my air's out in my car. Up here, when the heater breaks, you're in there shivering like uh, like you know, like some movie where the guys are trapped in the freezer or something. Or no. <laughs> Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber on the on going through the rock. Yes, on the, yeah, on the driving rock. on the moped and Aspen. <laughs> yeah, Ryan says sushi is the football games as halter tops are to elementary schools. <laughs> All right, so now now who's swinging uncomfortable, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Realistic Joel says Everett Sands endorses Garrett Riley for Clemson offensive coordinator. You bet. You think? <laughs> um, Clint says, JC, do you think we can flip the Johnson running back that's committed to Washington this weekend? That's Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Nat comes in. Oh, my God. I've been talking about her. <clears throat> Happy Friday. JC, sure. She's not a hoe. I'm sorry. You and I have different definitions of that. <laughs> to me, that's someone that takes money for sex. Okay, that's my definition of that. <laughs> not a hoe either. You got to spell it all out, and I'm not on this show. Uh, Clint says, "Who's the net girl in the chest?" All right, so uh, Evan's got to think about dodgeball. We got to get this break because we got another one coming right on top of it. Having a lot of fun here after preachy preachy time. Got to still talk some football. Uh, got some more. If I got to tell you guys about Trey John Jeffco um, and Phil, don't let me forget that. Because I used to listen to the, the Buck and Baloo in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Uh, when I, I lived in Atlanta in 02, Buck Baloo, or Buck and Kincaid. Buck Baloo was a quarterback in Georgia. He talks like Snagglepuss. Hey, hey, Kincaid, guess what? And, and back then, there's no internet or, or very limited internet where you get rumors and stuff. So it was all talk radio. He'd be going, like, hey, how about Tommy Bowden maybe going to Alabama? We'll talk about that later. Or, hey, guess what? I saw a meteor speeding towards the Georgia Dome. We'll talk about that later. Or, hey, we're going to talk about midget skating. We'll talk about that later. And they never got back to it. So, hey, we're going to talk about Trey John Jeffcoat later. Don't let me forget, Phil. Don't let me forget, chat box. we got to get this break back after these messages. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. 
Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. You can't handle the truth! Gamecock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support Inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. And welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about potentially enclosing a patio or a deck for your home. They'd be happy to talk to you about it. No obligation and no cost. And just to prove that we weren't, you know, trying to uh, put out a time-spent listening ploy. <laughs> what about Trajan Jeffco, JC? <laughs> All right, so there we go. Um, I'm told that uh, he's back in Columbia, South Carolina. He's been for a couple days. Got to get admissions through and all that. Um, I'll say this. When he got in the portal, he did have some other suitors. Um, Probably were willing to throw a lot of NIL money at him. Uh, But he, he, my understanding, from everybody I've talked to, he, he wants to come home. So... Uh, that's that. Okay, so here's an interesting, um, uh, here's the official visitors list. Hey, he'll put this out. So Eddie Lewis, not Eddie Lee, is the Memphis transfer. And then there's another guy from Florida. And you guys will like this because he's a four-star guy and a, a taller, bigger receiver, which I think they need. Uh, Florida State's Malik McClain, uh, who's from Daphne, Alabama. Um... Nico Collins is kind of a projection of him. Uh, yards after catch, four or five speed. Uh, I'll say this right now. I think if they could manage to get him, um, he'd be a heck of a heck of a get because he's kind of the type of guy they don't really have unless Kyler Horton somehow comes a million miles next year. The big 6'4 guy. That's why I mentioned Jacob Simon playing out there. So that's uh, that's the deal there. Uh, and then Dylan Johnson, the the UW commit from Mississippi State. I think he was. The, I don't think he was the guy that said that Leach called him soft. Uh, he's a Mississippi kid, though, going all the way to Seattle. I don't know. It's, uh, but he, uh, very productive player. Okay, um, as far as the uh, uh, at Mississippi State this year in their run game. I mean, that that's a guy. I think. I think he's the one that ran for all those yards against A and M. So uh, mm. you put Dylan Johnson back there with uh, uh, Henderson and Juju and, and Lavoisier Carroll, who I think we all forget about sometimes, and him being a uh, you know top one on their play. Lavoisier's got to get more comfortable knowing plays and things like that. So maybe a new OC will do him some good. Um, also, there'll be a visitor Saturday, Tyler Fontenot, a kicker. You gotta have to replace your kicker sometime, right? Uh, from Arlington, Virginia, he'll be on campus. Uh, 
kid from Northern Virginia. But uh, so yeah, back to Dre- Jeff Code. I I'm still. I said the other day, I'd be shocked if uh, Carolina ended up with them. And I wanted to get those, those details. Uh, certainly, and I heard this too. I you know they had said you know the feedback I'd gotten. I was like, well, he's more productive than Birch and. Uh, just talking to someone who's interacted with him recently that, that sort of knows the ins and outs of South Carolina. They said he looks 10 times better than they ever imagined. Um, so if those of you that don't like Muschamp and didn't like his staff and, and all that, and, you know, kind of beyond the wins and losses, there you go. There, there, that, that's bad recruiting to me, Phil. Bad recruiting is not when you don't rank very high. Uh, bad recruiting is not when you lose battles because every school in the country does that and the rankings are, you know, there's an area you would like to be. It's not like the AP poll or whatever. Um, but uh, when, when there's kids in your state that you can get and then you don't get them and then they go on to the, to the NFL, especially when you're at South Carolina. Uh, and that's easier said than done. But, you know, my understanding is the previous staff there, everybody was on board with them, but one person. And then it goes to your division rival and he's all sec uh missouri no doubt that, that's not a good look but it's probably it's a chance to correct a wrong and certainly you know i would say at this point in his career jeff Coates a better sec dn than birch that doesn't mean birch won't go to oregon and become an all-american birch and come back to carolina next year wouldn't have been really good but you start to piece it together and, and there is a concern about edge but you start to piece it together and, and you have to stay healthy but if you can yeah, if you have Jordan Strong on one end, um, Trey John Jeffcoat on the other, uh, and then behind those two, the, I think the, tr- the two true freshmen will kind of battle it out with, uh, you know, Brian, uh, Brian Thomas Jr. and who put needs to put on weight a little bit. Maybe they move Bam Martin Scott in there. Terrell Dawkins is still there, so that's uh, that's kind of my thing on, on that. That's uh, when Birch left. The minute I heard Jeff Coat could be a possibility, I was like, yeah, Carolina's going to be fine. You know, it sucks to lose Birch because he's such a big recruiting win and all that. And you always want your highly rated guys to to pan out. but uh, And Carolina hasn't had a lot of five stars. Um, but other schools go through five stars not working out all the time. So this is another part of growing as a program and emerging. Evan says they played dodgeball today. <laughs> they use cloth balls instead of the rubbers. It's they're a little softer. Um, Trevor mentions that it's not as satisfying as the rubber ball. Uh, Nat mentioned that still made it, uh, she's still waiting on the Mercedes SUV. I'm supposed to get her. It's sitting in the driveway, honey. Not ours. No, I'm talking about <laughs> whacking. She, 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 she has a Mercedes SUV. It's just an O2. <laughs> the, damn, the damn seat's coming apart. Every time I get in it, like plastic scrapes and stuff. But mm-hmm. anyway, Craiger likes the new Wagoneers. Uh, Ryan says Bucky Kincaid are still growing, growing strong. Does Bud Blue still talk like that? Did they still do the teaser? Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor, don't forget about Jeff, Jeff Coat. Uh, Clint says that's Big Spur VIP content, JC. Better check with the owner of the site before you put that out. Okay. Sure. I don't norm I don't normally do that, but look, visitors list, it's gonna be everywhere anyway pretty soon. Um, um JC Saul says Dylan Johnson is the running back with the parting shot towards Leach. 
Well, you know, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Respect for, for the pirate, though. Um, and then Craig says, was Jeff go to have more than one year? Clint mentions Terrell Dawkins. I finally mentioned Terrell Dawkins down there. I, I haven't gotten very great feedback on him, which is disappointing. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody in every class is going to work out. Uh, Ryan says, Buck absolutely still talks like that. You nailed it. Hey, go dogs. Yeah. I, I'll never forget Rick's first year I was living in Gainesville and listening to them. And you all talk about drinking on the air. <laughs> they were in Jacksonville. And that the Florida Georgia that year was at night. And it was Zucker versus Rick. And Rick and them were undefeated. Um, and Florida Georgia was at night. And, you know, you hear the ice kind of clinking around. And, the, and they, they were live from a sports bar. And, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, the middle bug just is like, I just want to say go dogs. This is what it's all about right here. Outdoor <laughs> cocktail party, go dogs. Florida, Georgia, oh, my God. And then the Zucker beat them. The Zucker. And uh, that was their only loss that year. Georgia, we'd have been talking about that year. Mark Rick won the national championship probably. Uh, if Georgia had had a playoff, I am not. I don't know if they had gotten in in 2012. when they were Because that was the year Carolina beat them, and then they were a play away from beating Bama. And they'd have slaughtered Notre Dame, I think. <laughs> But if they had a playoff, that 0-2 team, the one that was, the, that was sort of very fortunate, um, even at South Carolina, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that that I don't I don't think that. I mean, Miami and them would have been a pretty good matchup. Uh, Ohio State, I think they they'd taken care of. And Ohio State upset Miami, so maybe I don't know that they could have won the whole. They would have at least played for it, so. That was, was that that year that they ended up playing Hawaii, I think? And, uh... No, that was 07. Which, 07 yeah. Their 07 team lost uh, lost their first two, lost to Carolina, and then lost to Boise State, I think. And then they won out. And, mm-hmm. and a kid from South Carolina who was like a, a fifth-year senior a, ended up being a six foot two, 230-pound end named Marcus Howard. He had just stayed there. Uh, had a great senior year, and then they beat the tar out of Hawaii. Yeah, and that team had they had a playoff, then I think they would have made it. In but no, no, wait a minute. No, yeah, because they beat Tennessee. All right, I'm trying to think of how that went down. Because in 07, Carolina beat them, and Tennessee. Beat, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Was it Tennessee? I, I need to look that up. All right, we got to get a break. I'm going to go back and research the 2007 Georgia Bulldogs because Tennessee won the division in 07 mm-hmm. somehow. So uh, I need to go check that out. But anyway, uh, and I think that's also the year Mark Rick had the whole team run on the field, didn't it? Remember Urban yeah. against Urban Meyer? Yes, against Urban Meyer, uh, yeah. yeah. The, the only time he beat Urban Meyer. So anyway, we are going to um, – be right back. Final break. We'll wrap it up on Friday the 13th. Ooh, la bousquerie on the show. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. 
What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. I've been expecting you, Mr. Powers. Sometime in the near future, there's a good chance I'll move back to my home area of the upstate of South Carolina. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's nobody I would use to help me find a new home except Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane, located in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a diehard Gamecock. 864-414-5271. Give Cindy a call. 864-414-5271. A proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, Mo Kava here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back. Final segment of the week. Inside the Gamecocks is brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give them a call to talk about a potential backyard retreat for your home. 803-446-4662. That break was just on time, JC. I had run out of all my hooch up here to drink, so I had to run to get, oh. get a refill down there. Get yeah. that hooch going, get, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so my, my memory is getting bad. I could usually do stuff like this. So Georgia in 06, right? I don't know how they shut the Gamecocks out that year. but all right, So they start 5-0 and and basically collapsed. And it was all SEC East losses. They lost Tennessee at home. They lost it to Vanderbilt 24-22. They lost to Florida. They lost at Kentucky. Um, and then Carolina beat them the next year in 07. Uh, so then, in typical Bulldog fashion, they catch, uh, they catch fire, right? Uh, they, they start off, uh, beat Oklahoma state, uh, and then lost to Carolina, but then they beat the mighty catamounts where, where Phil once matriculated, uh, Western Carolina. Uh, they won at Alabama and that's the only time they'd beaten Saban. That was Saban's first year. They won an overtime smack Ole Miss around, then lost to Fulmer in Tennessee by 21. And then things got started getting real. They beat Vandy, got revenge. That, then they went on the field and jumped around against Florida, which, you know, I don't know if I was a fan of that or not. Uh, beat Troy, smacked Auburn, bat revenge against Kentucky, beat Georgia Tech, and then killed Hawaii in the bowl game. So they finished, what, 10-2, uh, and 11-2 that mm-hmm. year. Um, but it wasn't two at the beginning. The Boise State and Carolina losses, I think, were in 2011. And then mm-hmm. they, they won out. They won out and – all that good stuff. So that's that's your Georgia that's your Georgia Bulldog history here from Larry Munson. <laughs> hey, thanks, Larry. Hey, yeah, look at yeah. that. Mark Rick's gonna land on the moon. Um anyway, Ryan says nostalgic part of my childhood, traveling the ball games and listening to Buck and Kincaid. 
Uh, yeah, nostalgic part of two years of hell in my life. Even though I still have lifelong friends I met there, I hated living in Gainesville, Georgia. And honestly, I mean, I do it you know, like 16, 16 years later. Like uh, I was there for a short time before I came here. I didn't like it then either. I love going to Atlanta. Um, so that's uh, that's the thing there. Um, I, I love visiting. I love going to Buckhead, going to games there. Heck, I even was a kid like Six Flags, Braves games. I hated living there. I don't know what it is. And, and I, I put my foot up because I've lived in bigger cities. I think it's the people. And, and it, it's so big. Uh, it's not, it's the South, but it's not. And then yeah. the people there that are, they're kind of, their their Southern hospitality is kind of worn off because I think kind of like how Greenville will probably be filled when we're in 20 years from now, when we're sitting around complaining about it, the people that are from there, they were once nice, but then they're like, it's kind of like get off my lawn because I don't know why all these people moved to Gwinnett County. It all it used to just be nothing but peach orchards and fields and horses and chickens. We're now already we like that it. here. It's getting to that yeah. point. Yeah. Out where my mom lives is growing like crazy. And I yeah, it is. Her, <laughs> uh, we had my rehearsal dinner back there in, uh, in 03, 20 years ago. And everybody's like, this is the country. <laughs> Not the country anymore. So nope. <laughs> we'll see sort of what, what happened there. Uh, all right. So, next week, Phil. Hmm. Uh, I guess we're getting back to it. Sawyer Nicks, The Mental Edge. Uh, we'll have Tuesday, uh, we'll Jamie we Bradford on Wednesday. Chris Phillips on Tuesday, Thursday. Pull a few more names in. And, uh, I'll reach out to some folks and see what's yeah. up. Yeah, I've got some folks I want to get on to. Keith, Keith coming back Monday, I would guess. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. So who knows? That's up to we'll up see. to y'all. Yeah. So we'll see <laughs> sort of what happens. Uh, but anyway, Atlanta and Birmingham are the same size in 1990. That's crazy. Isn't it? Uh, but I, I don't right. know. I, 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 the, the traffic in Atlanta didn't bother me. Chicago's really crowded. It doesn't. I don't know what it was because I, mean, I grew up a fan of the Braves, Falcons, Hawks. Always enjoyed it. Tiffany loves the beanie. Mm. Uh, I'll send you one, Tiff. Okay. I'll send you one since you're such a loyal Carolina Rise member. Tiffany was one of the first people in for – actually, you're going to get one because everybody that came in um, uh, early on PayPal, like you did, uh, they're getting charter members. So, in other words, yours will say Rise. They'll say charter member on it. It'll be similar to this. My brother's handling that. I haven't announced it yet. So, there's some more scoop for you. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. Dylan Johnson would be a big pickup. I – Living in from Washington, I mean, the kids from Mississippi. He used to understand something. I mean, some of some of our friends that live in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> throw, throw, yeah, tell them the differences between Columbia and, and up there. <laughs> Although, I, you know, I do think that uh, it's in the, what what Kalen DeBoer's doing with that program is, is outstanding. But certainly, if you're the Gamecocks, you get a proven SEC back like that uh, to go along with the kid from Newberry and everybody else. I think you're going to be in good shape. All right, we'll be back next week. Happy Friday the 13th. All of you have a safe and happy weekend. Um, No sermon on Monday for me, most likely. Uh, And I apologize. Uh, You never know what the weekend will hold. Yeah, you never know. uh, Hey, what if Clemson falls in the ocean? My goodness. Or Lake Hartwell. 
<laughs> climate change. Climate change. Somebody will blame it on climate change. I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll blame that one on the good Lord. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> fell into my cart well. Fortune. There you go. I'm a, my name, image, and likeness has nothing to do with your football program. <laughs> <laughs> I've avoided so, it ever since it happened. I'm like, nope, not that. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, I'm like, nope. It was like nope. It was the, the Cotton Gin, who, who I really love. Uh, this sign says Tennessee 31, the image of God 14. <laughs> That's right. The image of God. There's a row. Somebody's out on Lake Parkwell fishing right now. Going, Where's all this waves coming from? It's is there a typhoon coming or something? <laughs> anyway, all right. Love all you guys. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, you know, if you missed part of the show, you can catch it on podcast form here directly. Also, don't forget, JC and Morgan dropped the day. Me and Mike had a really good show yesterday as well. And you'll get a full week's work from yours truly next week. For Phil Monax, JC Sherbert. This has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Have a great weekend, everybody.